Welcome to Conscious Culture, a podcast on the evolving future of work. I'm Sarah Hawley. And I'm Ren Matheson. Each week we bring you in on the conversations we're having about culture, business consciousness and heart-led leadership. And on what's going on for each of us as leaders growing our companies side by side. Ren is the CEO of Grow My Team. Sarah is the CEO of Grow Motely. And And this this is is our world. world. Hello, sister. How are you? Hello. I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm I'm good. Episode three of the new evolution of conscious culture. Mm -hmm. Um, We actually missed last week. So we've got, you guys won't know because we'll just put all the episodes up and it'll be fine. But we've, I I missed you. I haven't seen you or spoken to you for two weeks. I know. I miss you too. And that's what I was saying in my voice notes. I was like, man, it's just weird when we're not connecting all the time and sharing our stories. So lots has happened in two weeks, I feel. We voice note a lot for our listeners and that's why, that's actually how we came up with the idea to start doing this podcast together because we send so many voice notes to each other and they're usually like really juicy and really cool, really good content, I think. So juicy. <laughs> I'd be afraid if people got their hands on some of it though. But. <laughs> I know. All right. So you've been away for a couple of weeks in Australia's red centre, Uluru. Um, I know that we actually recorded while you were on your way in the Winnebago or whatever it was that you drove out there um, and you've been back. And I, in the meantime, have moved from Austin to Colorado, spent a couple, spent about five nights in the camper, um, road tripping up here and to Moab and different places with, with Joe, my husband and the baby, which was pretty fun. Um, but how did everything go in the business while you were away and stuff? <sighs> everything went very well when I was away um, in terms of the business and I knew that it was going to and I think that that's what we're talking about in the previous podcast was um, that they were so open and willing to just have me go and do that and support me and you know they were just able to really rely on each other and it's always really interesting when you take a step back because then you're seeing what's working and what isn't and is there any little little things that we need to tweak um, in terms of not being present all of the time but Yeah, there were some lessons in there, but ultimately they did so well without me. And I tried to tune in as much as possible, but there were some times where I just couldn't. And then there was times when I really decided for myself that I had to pull back and I had to just give myself a couple of days as well. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. What were some of the lessons? Mm. One was um, I felt like there was times when I was trying to make myself more relevant and needed than what I actually was. (laughs) I think it's very much an ego thing, isn't it? It's like, no, 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 I need to be there. I have to do these things. Um, And I was applying a lot of pressure on myself and unnecessary pressure. Uh, And I think that that really definitely stems from being a mother too, because it's, you know, it's, I I always have seen motherhood and leadership as quite similar. Um, always thinking you need to be there, how you're tending, how you're nurturing, how you're caring for your team or your children. And, you know, you take a step back and you're like, oh, I'm terrible. I should be there doing more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And so I had to notice myself when I was trying to go back in. And then even the people that I was with on the trip were like, stop it. What are you doing? Like they were trying to really get me to be able to switch off as well and and honour the time and the space that we're in. 
So that was definitely a big one for me is this pressure that I was applying to myself and and trying to make myself more relevant when I really didn't need to be there. Everyone within the team is so phenomenal and they have this ability to work so autonomously. And also they know who to call out. They know know who else that they can turn to when they need things. It's just sometimes it's really not me. (laughs) Beautiful. It really is an amazing team. Um, Mm. I always think about like my role as CEO and founder, um, whatever you want to call it, really is strategy, vision, leadership. I'm sure people have heard me talk about that a lot. And it's like, I mean, the leadership is the part of that where it's like that's the part that's communicating the strategy and the vision. That's the part that's like interacting with the team. But the strategy and vision bit is a lot of like I can do that on my own. I can do that anywhere, anytime. I mean, it's a lot of it is actually just staying in tune and connected and listening. And at any time, you know, inspiration can strike or more understanding of a situation can come to me and I can kind of develop a strategy or a vision for that. Um, but I find those times when I'm stepping back a little bit to remind myself, like, where are you not in those areas? Like, where am I actually like getting into stuff that I really shouldn't be and really don't need to be? Um, and like taking my hands off a little bit and letting the team exist in their realm and domain and be empowered and get out of it and get back to that strategy, vision, leadership piece. So that's kind mm-hmm. of resonant for me as well to use those times when I'm taking a bit of time out or I'm changing up my environment or whatever, just to reconnect with the role that I am supposed to be playing. But also, as you said, like the importance of switching off is just so, it's it's so important. It's so needed. Um, yeah. Yeah. You said that perfectly. And it does, it really, it just, it puts you back in your place (laughs) of where you really need to be and what's important and what we should be focusing on. Because I think as well, when you're running leaner teams, it it can be sometimes like, you know, we can wear multiple hats and we try as much as we like to really stay outside of that. But at times, and especially still at the moment, while we're going through some transitions, I'm still doing some sales and I'm still doing client engagement. So there's a lot of things going on. Um, And I love that. But there's also a time where I don't really need to do so much of that. And it was more around building out a strategy to be able to remove myself, which was I was able to do more so of when I was away as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And you have two people have moved into one person's moved into sales and a new salesperson, right? So you effectively have a new sales team right now. Probably a good time to step back from it and let them like dive in a little bit as well. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. It's so exciting. It's really exciting. Um, So tell us about your trip. Oh, yeah, we had a great time. Um, I actually had a really funny experience that I just want to share um, just because I'll forget otherwise. But I, because I had this sort of trip up here. So we came up here and then we had two days at the house and we went to Moab for the Entrepreneurs Organization chapter retreat. And so I had this kind of disjointed week of like traveling and sort of still working, but like just in a really unsettled way. And I'm in the middle of the capital raise and obviously the platform just went live like three weeks ago. So it's all like, there's a lot of energy and activity and momentum right now. And on Monday, two days ago, I had this feeling of like, oh, like we're not going fast enough. And like, I was like, okay, how much of this is just me? <laughs> like, oh, I feel like I'm not going fast enough because I just had a disjointed week and how much of it is the company. And I was having a little bit of a just, you know, kind of a down day and just feeling the struggles. And I had this moment that I really missed the safety, I guess, of the Grow My Team team for me as a leader. And I was like, oh, like, 
you know, I really miss growing my team because I would just like tell them all like what I was feeling and, you know, and then they would like support me. And I feel, and then I realized, whoa, wait, what's happening here? Like I'm telling myself this story that I can't tell my current team, which means I'm carrying the burden, which means I'm living in my little isolated box of leadership, feeling like I have no support around me and I have to carry it all myself. And I was like, whoa, okay, I need to open up to my team. And that's what's actually going to create more connection between us. So I did. And it was amazing. And we had our team meeting on Tuesday morning and we did this amazing brainstorming session. And I also found out that um, while I was away, there was like a, something happened with the platform where they'd uploaded an enhancement, but an old code base had gotten uploaded and kind of overwritten some stuff and they had to like revert back a whole bunch of things. Anyways, just like a thing that happened and it was a mess. Um, and so actually the energy I was feeling was somewhat accurate as well. Like we weren't moving forward, but there was a very good reason for it. Some foundational stuff needed to be, um, improve, which is fine. Like that happens from time to time, but it was fascinating that I was feeling the energy of that in the company. And then I had that energy myself, but I shared it with the team and we created, we had this amazing brainstorming session and it did end up creating like a new level of bonding, a new level of connection. And obviously the context of this for anyone catching up is that this team that I'm working with has been, we're now like 11 people, but it's been built rapidly over the last six months. And I've stepped out of Grow My Team five months ago, four months ago. And um, yeah, it was just like that moment of missing it, but realizing, well, I have to create it. Like, and this is, of course, it's not going to be the same level of connection that Um, we all had after working together for many years. Um, So yeah, it was cool. It was a cool experience to remember that it's us as leaders that get to create that connection and that culture and that kind of, yeah, momentum within the team. So it was really nice. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. But what else? What did you ask me? Oh, so the other thing that happened is my book is now live and available for pre-sale. So that's pretty cool. Oh, I love it. I actually, when I was resharing it, I was like, wow, I actually have read it twice and I would read it again and again and again. Oh, I loved you. it. Loved it so much there. Like there was so much that I learned as well and so much that was resonating with me in terms of leadership and what it really means to bring our whole selves into that and the vulnerability that is required and the empathy and the, the self-reflection really mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, but I, I'm curious, like, Tell me how you're feeling now that it's out because I know that we were also talking just before we started recording about that you had to record the audio for it. So you're revisiting words that you'd written, like when was it, like at the beginning of lockdown? Like yeah, exactly. It was over last year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're looking at it again now, how is it? Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, I wrote the manuscript. I then like put it down and then like got the publishing deal and had to pick it all up again. And there was like polishing that happened after that. And then once again, you put it down while everything happens that has to happen for the promotions and publicity and all of that. So there's kind of these like steps, but even when I went back over the editing process and then again, now it's very like there is a lot of feelings of like, ah, oh, even more, I've got more to add to this and like stuff has evolved since then. And, you know, but the reality is like, if, if I live in that space, I'll never publish the thing, you know, because life is always evolving. So I'll always be like, oh, I could be better or I could add this chapter or I could do this thing. So there's a little discomfort for sure in like, oh, I don't, I don't get to share like the growth that I had in the last 12 months. Like, what about that? Like, but 
I do get to share that. I get to share that here in these conversations. I get to share it in all sorts of ways. I can still write to our audience um, on our blog and all things like that. So it's fine. But yeah, there's a, and there's also just this feeling of like, is this, there's a vulnerability that comes when the book is now published. Like I wrote the manuscript, got really excited and then kind of forgot about it for a while, then got the publishing deal. I was like, that's amazing. That's great. They want to publish it. Like, let's do this. And that felt really affirming and, and exciting as well. But now that it's actually live and out there and it's it's in pre-sale right now. So um, there are advanced copies going out to media and different, you know, podcasts, um, podcasts that I'm going on and different people who are interviewing me and who I'm working with, they're reading it. It's not fully like out in the world, but people are pre-ordering it. So they're going to get it. So yeah, I'm in this kind of half state and it definitely, I remember this from my first book as well, this just vulnerability and this like second guessing and like, is it actually that good? So it's very nice for you to, for me to hear that you love language of words of affirmation is my love language. It's always going to be nice. (laughs) Yeah. It's really nice to hear that you got something out of it and actually just met with Azul, my publisher right before this meeting, actually. And we recorded a podcast. He's got a podcast called Authors Who Lead. Um, And he held up a copy of a hard copy of, of the book that I don't yet have. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get, like, I just, he just got it and he's going to get it out to me soon. So I have one in my hands, which will be really exciting. Um, it was so cool to see it. And he was like, I love this book. It's amazing. Like you did such a good job. I love reading it. And like, it's so funny because along the way I've told myself stories like, I wonder if he even read it. Like, <laughs> you really think it's good? Did he just read the intro and be like, yeah, we'll throw her a publishing. Like, I don't know why I would think that he would like gamble on me and like, not read my manuscript. <laughs> like I came up with this whole scenario where he hadn't actually read it and it's not really that good. And somehow I fooled him into like, you know, the imposter thing. Like I fooled him into yeah. publishing it. And I'm like, fuck, it's wild how that stuff just shows up in different forms over and over again. So hearing him say, it's an amazing book. I'm so like, so excited to see it come together. I was just like, yeah, that's cool. Like, <laughs> you. It is crazy though how we start to minimise the work, but I just want to go back to like you seeing that physical book and I can, I haven't written, published a book yet. Yeah, I'm saying yet. But, you know, when I think about even just us as leaders, visionaries, whenever something that we've been working with just becomes a tangible product or something that we can deliver and show people, it's just the most amazing feeling, right? Oh, it really is. It's such a Mm. good feeling. Taking something from the moment that it was like a seed of an idea Mm. um, through that brainstorming stage, bringing other people in on it, and then, you know, having that final product out there is amazing. And I honestly think as well, I get a hell of a lot more satisfaction when it's not just been me. Like, you know, sometimes I'll write a blog piece and post it and end to end, I'm the only person that's been involved. And there's definitely some satisfaction in that. But I love when there's a whole team involved. And like at one point I've stepped away and they've taken it and they've added this to it and that to it. And then somehow at the end, here it is. It's this thing, like whether it's a web page or a book or physical thing or not, but it's just like, so amazing to know that it wasn't just me. Like there was a whole bunch of people that put energy into that and created it, which, you know, I know you know that feeling as well with your team and your experiences mm-hmm. in the year, along the yeah. years as well. It's such a cool feeling. It is. And it's actually going to lead me into the next part that I want to talk about was when, you know, when we're talking about like co-creation or collaboration and how that sort of starts to move around, how important do you think the language is that we use? 
in terms of when it then comes to co-creating anything. Oh, in terms of like the ownership or something? Is that what you mean? Like, No, so I mean like I suppose the words, like how we're having these conversations, like how important they are. Mm. So our, our dialogue, inner dialogue, but it's it's essentially what I'm seeing is that, okay, so hang on, I'll wind this back a little bit. But in terms of energetically speaking, when we are starting to co-create and collaborate in ways, what I'm looking at is, so say, for instance, there's a project that six of our team members are working on all at once. Mm-hmm. And then there might be a little bit of stagnation in energy and the creation sort of, um, the momentum ceases. And what I'm picking up is that it's it's nothing really to do with anything more than the words they may be using. So it's like limiting beliefs, essentially, mm-hmm. negative mindsets, or, you know, just a few little different tweaks that we can have. And I know that Theodora, who was once with us and is now just solely with Grow Motley, the beautiful Theo, um, always talks about it in terms of that words are our spells, that we're casting spells every time that we speak. And um, so, yeah, it's just I'm I'm curious around that in terms of what you thought about our language and how profound it can be in those co-creative experiences. I think our language and words are so powerful and so important. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought this up, actually. It's really interesting because we've been using the word co-creating specifically with the Gromotely community. So the way that I see Gromotely and the way that I want to build this community is that it is a community and it's an ecosystem. And the, did I talk about this already? I don't know. Not no. to everyone else. You've okay. spoken about it to me, okay. but let's, let's keep going. Yeah, with I just wanted to check that we didn't talk about it last time because <laughs> I, it's really, really important to me actually. And it's really powerful when it kind of came to me. Um, but I see it as an ecosystem and there's all these different people that are in the ecosystem. There's us as an internal team. There's our investors. There's all the remote professionals on the platform, all the companies on the platform. There's our partners, which is Grow My Team is one of the partners of Grow Motely. There is um, other benefits partners. There's like a whole lot of different players in the ecosystem of Grow Motely and we are co-creating this together, this remotely, this thing, whatever you want to call it, this community, this tribe, this movement, the future of work, which is the language we are using. So we've been saying in a lot of our emails, like, thank you for being part of this journey. Thank you for being part of our tribe. Thank you for co-creating this with us. And it's been intentional to use that. And it's actually working now it's coming to fruition where because we're using it in the context of like asking people for feedback and ideas and suggestions and what do they like and what don't they like and so it's actually happening people write back to us they give us their thoughts they give us their opinion their perspective and I can feel their energy that they're super engaged with being a part of what we're building that we really are building it together so I really think that words are powerful and I'm seeing the impact of using certain words within our community and being intentional with the language we're using is actually meaning that it's coming true. You know, we really are co-creating the community of Grow Motley because we genuinely want to. We're putting the intention behind it. We're using that language and it's resonating with our with our people. It's, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love how like every time that we ever talk about Grow Motley, you're talking about it in terms of it's an entire community. And it's certainly something that um, we see at Grow My Team as well is that when you're bringing people together and there is intention behind it, 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 it is a, it's a community and it can be quite profound, right? Mm-hmm. And 
So when you're talking, like when you're saying that it's it's being received well from them in terms of this co-creation, do you think that like people are actually really seeing that they're a part of something bigger and that it it is can be an extension of themselves as well? Yeah, I mean that's definitely the intention, and it feels to me that that's what they're experiencing. So that that would be my hope. You know, I can never be certain. However, um, you know, I think to a degree, like you can feel it. You can feel that they are, and I I can sense it with the excitement of the emails that I get back and the responses and the types of conversations I'm having. Um, and it'll become evident because we're putting intentionality into it. I believe it'll become evident along the way, how we can show up for that on an ongoing basis. Like how do we continue to create space as the organization grows, as a community expands, how do we create, continue to create space for people to be heard, for people to be seen. Um, the other thing I find that's interesting about it as well is like the other part of it, where words are powerful as well is like knowing who we are and who we're not and mm. using words to communicate that because it also really helps then to delineate, you know, if someone did come at us and be like, hey, like I don't really like this part of what you're doing and, you know, this this could be something better or this, you know, this upsets me or what have you. Like if what they're asking for is not who we are, it's like cool, like maybe try this out instead. Like maybe this is your tribe over there. And that's not like personal and it's not a bad thing, but I think knowing who we are as well and having our language to communicate that to ourselves and our community is also really helpful for us to stay on path, for us to stay focused on who we are and what we are building. Um, That's been like a theme actually. I've been talking with a girlfriend who I'm doing some mentoring about around leadership and she's kind of nervous to run like a values workshop and I'm like look if it feels corny to call it a values workshop like call it whatever you want like really all you're trying to discover is who you are and put put some words to that so you know like that's the way what I see the values of an organization um, or a community or whatever you want to call it is is it's who we are it's how we show up every day and it's just the words that help us to kind of know ourselves and stay true to ourselves, even though when we sometimes act out of alignment and come back into it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I find words to be super powerful there. And it's always affirming for me when I hear someone in the community, whether it's a team member or a client or whatever it is, use one of the values to describe something, like use the actual words that that we use. And it's like, oh, that's really big affirmation of me as a leader that we are like, we're on path. We're doing what we said we're going to do. We're showing up how we said we're going to show up and, and people yeah. get it. They're in resonance with that. That's why they're here. Yeah. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be part of the Grow Motley community. Like if it's not your jam, that's totally cool. Mm. But if I don't know who we are and we don't know who we are, then we're not going to attract those right people in. Yeah, absolutely. And even just what I've, I've noticed is even with having those strong values and being very clear of who you are and, and let's just say this like conscious entity that's breathing itself is that every single one of your team members, if they're still like in a space of self-discovery, which we all are to some degree, but they've, they've got the affinity with the culture and they can resonate with that, it will always draw them back into line in terms of their own internal value system. And they start to really live and breathe that in all of their waking life. And it's so powerful. It's so incredibly powerful. Like one of our values that you'd adapted bef- like before I came in was a trust through transparency. And it's something that absolutely I live and breathe every day. And it's because I had really resonated with it so much with bringing that when I was bringing my whole self into work. And, you know, I just, I carried that into the rest of my life. And it's now one of our core family values as well. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. I just came across, oh, and I'm going to forget the name. Anyway, this amazing author who talked about how um, our organizations can become these places of transformation. And I was like, boom, like that resonated with me so much. Like there's so much more kind of value and power, I think for me as a leader in that, in knowing that I'm, I'm, and I don't even want to say I'm creating because I feel like, like it came through me and it's born and it is, but I'm, I'm leading, I guess, this place, this, and it's not even a physical place, but it is a place energetically that we all connect with and and participate in that transforms us as individuals and not like just professionally, which I don't even like the idea anymore of professional and personal. Like it's just the whole self, as you said, and these organizations that are like, we get to heal and grow and transform within the community, the business, the organization, like that within the conscious entity that we're participating in. Like, isn't that so amazing? Mm -hmm. It's so incredible. And I know that we've spoken about this a little bit too in terms of like, okay, we can talk about conscious leadership and what it means to be a conscious leader. But for all of the people out there that are going to come into that and have this like entrepreneurial mindset and really want to work with these people, what can you expect from an environment like that? from a, something that's it's this a safe place to land which I know that I've I've referred to that with you in my in my own personal growth story is that when I came in to grow my team I did not expect the amount of growth that has occurred over the past like how many months is it now I don't know 14 months it's been insane mm-hmm. and so the more that I talk to people now is like if you're going to come and you're going to work with conscious leaders and these conscious entities that really know what's up and we're taking up this beautiful space and it's there for everyone and it's going to be nourishing you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to expect that there's transformation that's going to occur in that which I'm vibrating right now by the way um but that also means you're kind of come up against your edges and you're gonna like what's going to surface is the fears and the doubts and the insecurities and the the hard stuff, you know, the stuff that we've so cleverly avoided as well, because growth, you know, it's not, sometimes it's gentle and there's a lot of beautiful, gentle growth that comes, but there'll also be some stuff that really challenges us um, when we work in these organizations with these types of leaders, because we're saying yes to that growth journey. And the growth journey has, you know, a lot of different um, (laughs) ways that it shows up for us and ways that it challenges us. And it's not... It's like I remember I'm I'm very growth oriented person my whole life. And, you know, I remember times where I was really craving it and I'd like dive into something like, yeah, I'm gonna grow and transform, I'm gonna be so amazing. And I'd get in there and be like, oh no, 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 that's like not that box. We don't want to open that one, but like that's where the magic happens and that's what you have to dive into. But sometimes the idea of growth just seems this linear, like, yeah, I'm just going to like take a next step. I'm just going to step up. That's going to be cool. Like I'm just, just going forward, but it's like, Oh, but you got to like dive back to go forward sometimes. And it's not as shiny and bright as what you might set out. (laughs) Not always, but when you're surrounded by the right people, it can certainly be a hell of a lot easier. And I think one of the things that I've recognized in terms of this growth and what's jolting a lot of people is the autonomy Mm -hmm. and freedom of choice. We've been so conditioned against it. It's like when we actually do have an opportunity to choose for ourselves and have a little bit more autonomy, 
we're afraid of our own power. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of if what if we make the wrong choice then and then it, it, come, it becomes a confidence thing and then you look for the validation. And it's why it's so important that we as leaders are really understanding our people and, and knowing how they want to be communicated with, understanding the love languages, which I know we mentioned quite a bit, um, and how we can communicate with them and why there needs to be external support systems as well, which I'm super proud of is what we do with Grow My Team is provide that extra support for team members. Yeah doing that well-being coaching, you know, so that they can actually unpack that with another party that that will really understand their needs in a different light and it also takes a lot of the weight off us as leaders. We just did a final interview today with um, a person who has accepted the role now of community guide. So that's the role that we've, that's the name that we've, took to go back to the language and words, that's the name that we've given to like the tech support role essentially. So the, the person that's going, personal people, or group of people that are going to be helping our community navigate, um, you know, the technical issues they might encounter on the on the platform, things they might want to know, how do I do this, or this isn't working, or, you know, what would I do, how would I do this if I want to achieve that, or what have you. So because we're really trying to refer to, or not even trying, because we are referring to our users as community members, like users is the typical term that um, technology companies kind of use to describe the people that use their software. We're mm-hmm. really referring to them either as remote professionals or clients, but broadly speaking as our community members. So we decided, well, what's the title of this role? And really it's it's a guide. It's a community guide because it's the person that's guiding them with how best to interact with this mm-hmm. conscious entity that is Growmotely. Um, but the other point being we, in the interview, I spent quite a bit of time once we kind of got to that point where we know we're going to hire this person, but we really need to talk about how we operate. And, you know, I spend a bit of time talking about this idea of freedom and flexibility and what it looks like, um, but like how it can be challenging as well a little bit initially, because often we're just not used to having that level of freedom, that level of autonomy, and it can be a bit overwhelming. I think there is like a trust piece, like we need to build a bit of trust. Like I can talk about our unlimited leave policy, but like, you know, they need to come in and then actually build some trust that that's real. Like it's not just some fancy thing that we throw up there that sounds Mm. good, but you can't actually do it or use it or what have you, but like really talking through like, what does it actually look like? How does it actually work? Um, and, and talking about even, so the other thing we got into was like the boundaries that you have to have yourself when you have ultimate freedom and ultimate flexibility. It also can mean, especially in a remote team that's global, like you can be getting hit all day long from people, you know, where they're working on their time zone, doing their things. And it's like having those boundaries, like you are allowed to, you genuinely are allowed to have a boundary for yourself that might look like I don't check emails after 6 p.m. or I don't check emails between 10 and 1 because that's time I spend with my children or whatever it might be for you. But like, it's not my job as a leader to figure that out for you and implement it. Like I can coach you. I can have a conversation with you while you figure it out for yourself. Like I've got space for that. That's, that's fine. But like, these are decisions you need to make and these are boundaries that you need to uphold. And that can be part of the growth journey. Like, you know, if you, if you come in and you're someone who's naturally, um, you know, helpful and likes to show up and that's how you kind of create your value in the world is like yeah I want to be like really helpful to people and I want to like do a lot of things like you can burn yourself out pretty quickly if you don't realize like yeah you can help but you can still have like times when you don't and when you draw those lines for yourself Mm, absolutely and I think still too because we're still trying to break down 
the idea that we need to be there all of the time and that's what shows our commitment and dedication is that, you know, never switch off, always say yes, always show up, be the last one standing, you know, work the extra hours, do all of that stuff and that's what proves that you're committed and dedicated but it's certainly not. Oh, by the way, can we just talk about something that's really irked me this week? <laughs> the, oh, my God, I don't even know the name of the guy because I'm not that interested, but the founder of WeWork, I think it is, and he said that Ooh, yeah. the, way, the way to tell if your team members are engaged is if they're chomping at the bit to get back to the office. It's mm. like, what? Like, come on. Yes. I read that after you reposted it. <laughs> yeah, on LinkedIn. It got me fired up a little bit. I was just like. <laughs> I mean, is that if that's not obvious, obvious bias, I don't know what is. And we all have our biases. Like I am 100% biased to remote work, but I'm also not going to sit here and say it's for everyone. Everyone should do it. There's no other way. And the only way to tell if your team members are happy is if they work remotely. Like, no, it's not the only way. Like it's, I, I believe in it. I think it's predominantly popular right now and something that people want, but like, there's absolutely a case still for offices. There's a case for companies that their culture suits that and they'll attract people in that really want to be there. But to say that one of one of my friends actually posted on the, um, like commented on it and she said, oh my goodness, I would be mortified if the company I work for think that I'm not engaged because I don't want to go back to the office. She's like, I, I don't mind going to the office occasionally, but I love working from home um, and I get so much more done. And she's very she's ex-military. So she's like super, like just dedicated. Like I've watched this woman is unbelievable. So professional, so hardworking, so committed to her career. Like I could hear in her voice, like I would be mortified. Like, is that actually a thing that, that companies think like, and thankfully I I hope most people don't and aren't listening to that perspective because I think it's very biased and very warped. Absolutely. And it's incredibly dangerous. I think in terms of like the influence that he does have, to really put that out there and plant so many seeds in people's heads that that's an indicator because it, you're right, it certainly isn't. No. And if anything, you could flip the coin and say, well, maybe it's because, you know, I, I've, I definitely, my eyes have been opened and my mind has been blown in terms of the level of transparency that is that exists within remote work. You can certainly see if things aren't getting done. Yeah, it's a lot and easier. Yeah, you can I, see it for sure. I remember when I had an office and I'd be like, so-and-so, I mean, it just doesn't really feel like we're getting the traction that we should be from that person in that role. But like they come in every day and they're sitting there and like they've got a computer in front of them. So they must be doing something. So oh, I don't know, I guess I'll just leave it another month. And like, you know, you let things go too long because you're like, well, they're turning up and they're kind of here and oh, they're like nice to be around. So it must be, must be going okay. But when it's remote, it's like, so obvious, like, okay, something's not happening. Like you're not getting the outcomes that you're meant to like, let's just have a conversation about it and see what's up. Is this not the place yeah. for you? Or you got something going on? Where are we at? But like, there's no kind of, cause I wouldn't know how many hours I've been working and it's kind of irrelevant. What's relevant is like, is it, is it getting done? Is the thing, are we yeah. achieving what we want to achieve here? together. Absolutely. Because I think it recalls on different aspects of ourselves as leaders, intuitively and otherwise. We can't measure it the same way as to go, yeah, well, they're just showing up at the office and they're, I'm looking at their timesheet and they're doing the allocated hours. Mm-hmm. That's just, we don't look, we are not looking at it like that at all. It's in terms of the productivity and it's, it's very much in terms of the energy. Yeah. So anyway, I love this conversation about words and obviously he's out there using his words in a very interesting way, but um 
Yeah, it's it's very powerful. I've been thinking about it a lot and I love what you said about we cast spells with our words because I think we really do and what we say comes true. I think mm-hmm. one of the things like I get away from and I, I picked myself up on it earlier in, in this recording but like using the words like trying and hopefully and like I really just try to eliminate that. There I go again. But <laughs> I aim to eliminate <laughs> that out of, my, out of my language because, you know, it's like when I hear myself say something like that, it's like, wait, like, usually if I say something like, yeah, hopefully it's like, that's what you're using when you're not that committed to whatever the thing is that you're talking about. So let's just check ourselves here and say like, am I going to do it or am I not? And let's just be in truth with that rather than saying, yeah, like hopefully I'll get that thing done or I'll I'll try to meet that deadline. Like that's your soft way of saying you're probably not going to do it. So let's just be honest and, and just say, hang on. And it's been really powerful for me actually to, call myself out and check myself in a meeting when I might say, yeah, I'll try to get that done um, by the end of the week. Actually, let me think about this. Like, why am I only trying? Am I the right person to be doing it? Does it actually need to be done? Mm. And if it really does, just if, if I really am and it really does, like, let's just commit to it and get it done. If it's just one of those yuck things that I don't really want to do, but I have to, fine. But like, nine times out of 10, like maybe I shouldn't be doing it. Maybe there's someone else that this is where I'm just not letting go or maybe it's not that important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, as well, I think that when we're using sort of watered down words like that, we're already starting to put blockages in our own way around it to be like, like I'll I'll have to just try Mm -hmm. because then it's also going to like, you know, justify if we don't do it because we've already built up blockages and reasons why we can't. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm going to hold it in my energy field and it'll be like mucky and basically leaking, but like, I'm not like, and I'll probably carry it in there for like way longer than I need to, because I'll keep saying that I'm going to try and do it this week, which means I'm holding it in my energy field for like three weeks when I should either just do the thing or let it go. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's certainly something that I'm, I'm seeing more and more of recently. And I think it, it definitely comes down to integrity mm-hmm. in, in like the integrity in how we speak and how we're co-creating and what it is that we're doing. And I think this really um, gives a bit, bit better of a snapshot of what I was trying to get to before in asking around co-creation and language is um, like how important it is that we're all on that same page in terms of being able to call that out and know when we're putting limitations or blockages there when we're trying to bring something to life, mm-hmm. when we're all trying to work in this really kind of um, synchronistic way where there's not going to be that stagnation because it can become quite leaky. And so what I'm saying is that if things sit for a while now, they almost become redundant, like we have to move. And it's not about like, you know, go, 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 pressure, 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 but it's just being really clear and concise and integral in our word and in our work. It doesn't mean that, yeah, we have to be at rapid rate, but it's we can't hold on to things for too long now, I think. It's it's more so be sharp and be clear and be effective. Mm, I love that. Mm. I think that's a real skill as well to develop as a leader and it could be like the person who's leading up that project group even to just be like checking themselves, like are we being clear the way that we're communicating today in this meeting or this brainstorming session or whatever. Like it can be easy to kind of throw stuff around and not specifically commit to it sometimes as well, especially when we might be brainstorming or what have you. But at some point, like you need to nut down, like what's the action items that are coming out of this? Like what are we doing from here? Um, let's not just have this as a conversation that then becomes 
wasted energy actually. Um, let's just figure even if the conversation results in let's not do it, that's not wasted. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, exactly. But, but if it's the hanging, you know, like everything that hangs a little bit or like like stagnant, it's like it's in our energy field but it's not expansive, mm-hmm. right? So if the energy, I like to see it as like it's this vibrating, pulsating thing, like keep it the same colour like I see it in a colour <laughs> and keep it like moving harmoniously but like all that stuff that like leaks it and stagnates it and disrupts the flow, mm-hmm. it's like we just need to clear that out as quickly as possible from our individuals, from what we're working on, our companies, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that that's where, like, I'm getting super excited about some of the new things that I'll be doing is um, this coming month I'm going to start training in Reiki. And I'm so pumped for it because I think that, you know, the way that we're working with our businesses and these these conscious entities, it's it's an energetic exchange continuously. And so I really want to harness that. And even now when going into meetings, having it as if it's a little bit ceremonial, like creating the intention, holding that space, understanding and identifying the energy first. Mm-hmm. So then you can really see it from those lenses because like I think quite often we do just fall back into the habit of going, okay, here's the agenda and this is it but it needs so much more now. Like there is, there's so much depth and substance that's occurring. And that's why it's like, yeah, it starts with our words. It moves in our actions and everything that we're doing, but it's, it's very much energetic. It's amazing. Reiki is so in my vortex right now. So Joe is also getting trained in it. And yeah, we were just talking about it last night because Belle, our nanny flew in for a week from Austin and it came up in conversation because she sat down and she was like, have you guys ever had Reiki? I just had a Reiki session. And Joe was like, yeah, I'm actually getting trained in Reiki. So there you go. It's, it's cool. in, the, in the vortex right now. It's in the vortex. Mm. I love that. Well, why don't we leave it there for this week? I think that was such a cool conversation about the power of words. Like it's just, it is really amazing. And I think when you have that kind of conscious team where, everybody's aware of it and you can call yourselves out a little bit as well like I really love that like I love that trust that you build where you know we're committing to using these words and I mean that's been a big thread I think um for me over the last back in Wealth Enhancers days I mean I'd attribute a lot of that actually to Finn who was my ex-business partner and ex-husband but like he got really quite clear on a lot of that stuff and he was someone who would really push us to find the right word to describe something that we were trying to do or trying to be. And that really opened my eyes up to it. And I've carried that on for sure. Um, but it's, it's like, it's so powerful. And once we get clear on them as an organization, it's like being able to remind ourselves, like, remember not to say user, remember we're going to say community and like, you just, you do it enough times and then it becomes habit. It becomes second nature. And then you see a new team member join the team and they get it right away. Like they pick it up after two seconds because they're not going to go user, user, user when every single other person continues to say community member. It's like, they're going to say user twice and then be like, Oh yeah, I get it. Like, and that resonates and that makes a lot more sense. So yeah. Cool. Love it. Thank you for bringing that up. I love that. All right. So are we, we, do we wrap up? Are we wrapping up here with what you're most excited about? Oh yeah, let's do that. Well, I'm, (laughs) I'm most excited about my book. Yeah. I'm really mm. stoked, especially after hearing you again say that, you know, you got a lot of value out of it. And also just having come off a call with Azul and having him hold it up and say, this is a great book. I just, I really do feel good. I feel very excited about that right now. 
Mm. Can I use that one as well? (laughs) Because I do. And I feel so incredibly excited about it because obviously, you know, um, you were one of the main life forces, you know, of Grow My Team. And so everything that you do still reflects back onto us. And to continue to have these amazing conversations around conscious leadership, that book is going to be a phenomenal platform for us to really grow off as well. And um, yeah, so I'm excited about it. And we also do have a new cohort of our conscious leadership program that's about to launch on the 4th of June. So it's all in perfect timing. And I'm thinking maybe we should just give all of the attendees a book. <laughs> Let's definitely do that. Yeah. Good. We'll have to send them. Oh, well, they'll, they'll graduate six weeks later. So that would be perfect timing because it'll be available yeah. after June 8th. So that's a great idea. There you yeah. go. If you're listening you now and you're interested in that program, there might be a spot or two left. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right. Love you, babe. That was fantastic. Till next time.